Hello and welcome to ITIC Insight, the podcast which shares loss prevention advice from ITIC, the world's leading provider of professional indemnity insurance for transport professionals everywhere. Hello everyone and welcome to this ITIC podcast. Thanks very much for listening today. My name's Tom Irving. I'm the general manager at ITIC, and today my guest is Michael Shakeshef, an ITIC board director and the managing director of Casper Shipping based in Middlesbrough here in the UK. So welcome, Michael, and thanks very much for joining us today. Good morning, Tom. So as most, most of you listening will know, ITIC is a mutual insurer club, and as such, we have a board of directors made up from uh, the membership. Those directors bring different expertise in terms of the industries and the businesses that they represent, as well as other skills, whether that's uh, legal background, accountancy background, particular investment knowledge and expertise. Ordinarily, we would we would meet as a as a board, you know, in different places around the world, a number of times each each year. That's not possible at the moment. So this series of podcasts is a is a way for you as our our members and our our partners to to get to know a little bit more about about your directors. So, Michael, ITIC and Casper Shipping have a, an association going back many, many years, many decades, I think. I wonder if you might just be able to start by telling us a bit about your background and about Casper Shipping. Yep, thanks, Tom. Of course, so Casper Shipping is a port agency and marine services business based here with headquarters in, in, in the UK. Essentially, we are a, a national port agency established in, in 1872 by uh, Hans and Harold Casper. So we don't go back that far with ITIC, but we certainly go back a, a certainly a couple of generations and a, and a couple of my family members. Our, our core business has always been port agency, but actually as a group now, we, we've diversified to include a number of divisions, including a, a Casper Defence, Casper Port Agency, uh, Casper Customs, which has been hugely uh, busy over the last few months with Brexit, Shipdem, who, who are Demerge and uh, Marine Services provider, but also we have a, a set two other companies called uh, Casper Logistics, who are what I describe as a traditional freight forwarder, and Casper Chartering. Now, Casper Chartering actually we currently operate seven vessels, and also we acquired a, a ship broking company called uh, HC Shipping and Chartering just prior to Christmas. So essentially, we, we've grown from being a, a regional port agency and, and maybe a, even a, a sector-specific port agency to a, to a national agency company to essentially a, a logistics and marine services company with, with also offices now in Greece and in the Netherlands. Okay. And, and your background with, with Casper? Okay. So I, I joined uh, 15 years ago. Initially, I went off to university and qualified as a, a lawyer with uh, Clifford Chance in, in, in the City of London. And uh, and actually, after a, a pint of pint with my dad, he, uh, he he convinced me to to get a proper job in the, the murky world of port agency. So I actually my my first placement was with ITIC. So before, after I'd left Clifford Chance and before I really took up a uh, full-time position within Casper, I, I spent the summer with ITIC sort of helping out, sort of trying to understand all the pitfalls that, uh, that, that potential agents have to come across. So that was my sort of, you know, so my relationship with ITIC goes back essentially over 15 years where I met the, I think Charlotte was one of the first people uh, I, I met and I think um, back in those days and, um, and that relationship has, has really continued since. Excellent. Obviously, we yeah, as we were sort of chatting before, we've 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 all been, and most people listening will have been in some form of lockdown for approaching a year or around around a year now. And I wonder, 
sort of for, for Casper Shipping and you explain that the various sort of different business lines you have, what sort of impact has, has COVID had, I, I suppose, on a sort of, you know, personnel and, a, you know, that kind of level, but also on, on the businesses itself? I think the UK, we've been very fortunate within Casper Shipping. And if I take sort of, say, the port agency business first, we weren't and we're not involved in in, in some of the sectors that were hit hardest during uh, certainly the initial lockdown and subsequent lockdown and, and over the last 12 months. So areas like cruise um, certainly have been hit incredibly hard and, and, and for certain periods, the railroad trade and cars, car carriers, for instance. So we were very lucky not to be involved in that sector. So our traditional bulk agency, so wet and dry, um, actually continue to trade uh, relatively strongly within the UK. The defence, so your military ships, that that did stop, although that sort of picked up back end of Q3, Q4. So so for us, the the impact within the traditional port agency business was was, was minimal. As a as a business, we'd had heavily invested on IT. So actually, in many ways, the concept of working from home was not an issue. So we use a collaborative email inbox via uh, system called Sedna uh, and a pretty best-in-class operational platform for agency. So actually, we were very quick as, a, as an organization to, to move to a hybrid work-from-home office-based scenario. What we did see actually was during the year a huge increase on certain areas of the agency business like crew changes and hub business where the UK was able to perform crew changes. So for us during the middle part of last year was phenomenally strong uh, and certainly we were delighted as a business to be able to assist thousands of, of seafarers sort of to be repatriated back home and, and cruise on so i think that that in the uk certainly was a huge huge win for us and certainly sort of from the support from the, the uk government as well other areas that we saw sort of decline dramatically were air freight so our freight falling business so sea freight continued strongly but obviously uh without the airplanes in the sky there was significantly less capacity for for air freight and, and actually flip side obviously was the cost so um that side of the business was quite low but actually overall trade continued quite strong and and really i suppose for us then the, the latter part of the year was, you know, and actually, if I go back to our chartering side, again, there was a, a section during the middle of the year that the sort of the market went a bit quiet, but actually it, it's been very strong since then. So that continued sort of in, in Q3 and Q4 and actually has pushed into Q1. So, you know, you, traditional bulk cargoes have, have moved well and therefore we've been able to trade Touchwood very successfully. I think, um, yeah, when one of the products that I know Casper buys from ITIC and many of our ship agents buy is, is the debt collection cover. So the assistance that we give in collecting outstanding disbursement accounts. And I think probably, you know, 12 months ago, we were thinking, gosh, we're going to we're going to see a run on these kind of kind of claims. I mean, I wonder, you know, as an agency business, have you have you seen a sort of delay in, in getting getting invoices paid or has that not been such a problem over the last 12 months? So we haven't seen the anticipated downturn and obviously one of the major issues for us is 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 the potential of, of, of a, a client going insolvent or disappearing and not paying what we have seen is probably a squeeze from both sides so we found certainly our suppliers have, have been a lot more proactive and i don't know that's whether because they sort of had more time on their hands or more resources or just prioritized it so there's certainly been uh, a big push from a supplier perspective for timely payments and also on the flip side people holding on to cash so so actually we haven't seen any you know we've seen a few 
you know, defaults. And for, fortunately for us, again, we've not been affected by that, but we have seen a few defaults within the marketplace. But most of it has just been more of a, a squeeze on cash. Yeah, I think I think we, we've probably seen that more so, and perhaps not not for, for Casper. But uh, you mentioned cruise cruise industry before, and that obviously sort of fell off the cliff. So we did see, yeah, for a number of our ship agency members working for cruise lines, that there you know there, there were real issues there in, in recovering their outstanding disbursements. But another thing you mentioned um, was the, was the customs agency side of the business, and I guess there's a lot in the a lot in the press, um, both in the national press and the shipping press here in the UK about the issues caused by by Brexit, and you sort of hear some very fairly nightmarish stories. I don't know is is that is that your experience that it's a real a real struggle at the moment on the customs agency side? I think finding a customs agent is probably your biggest issue. And so those companies that, that, that sort of ignored all the warning signs during sort of the last three years are, are the companies that have really struggled. I think most shipping agents that, that have a customs division have seen incredible growth in, in Q1 2021, and that will continue throughout the year. So it's been a huge opportunity for for a lot of shipping agents in the UK to to, to grow. We took on uh, six new joiners in December, and we've just taken on an additional two new joiners this month to to, to deal with additional volume. Bear in mind that we've been scenario planning with with our clients for probably three years, and I know some of our our, our great competitors like Corey Brothers and, and and GAC have similar similar situations because we've been talking to each other. So you know, it, it, and helping each other out. So it's been the case of actually the companies that haven't really addressed it. There have been some technical issues. Don't get me wrong, Tom. You know, in, in Northern Ireland in particular, has been very difficult. But we're in a pretty good position. So, Michael, you've been on the ITSC board, I think, for eight, eight or nine years now. Probably, maybe seems like a lot longer than that. Not, not sure. I wonder what uh, you, know, if you might want to sort of pick on a couple of things that you've you've enjoyed about about perhaps that that experience of, of being on the board. I think, Tom, the, the, for me to be invited to join the board was was just an absolute honour, and and sort of to to get access to to some of my peers who are already on the board. So I remember sort of one of my first conversations with Alan Marsh, former CEO of Raymar. You know, Alan's just a just a absolute legend within my sector so to be able to sort of sit around and, and, and get access to him and Lars Sarastrom you know sort of you know I, I'm a, a little port agent for Middlesbrough you know Lars is essentially you know probably the biggest port agency uh, organization and logistics company in the world so you know and that's you know Jeff Reuters from Clarkson's you know the list is is endless so for me to actually be able to to see how these guys operate has just been such a, a, a learning curve and, and just such a an honour and a pleasure to, to to work alongside these guys. And I wonder, you know, we're we're now sort of you know looking forward. I think uh, most of us to to restrictions here being being lifted and being able to go back to slightly more sort of normal normal life of of some kind. What uh, I wonder what you're most looking forward to uh, to doing once once we can once we can get out and about a bit more. I, I think what what has happened, and I think shipping at every level is still very much a a, a people business, and and I, I know we rely and and need to rely more on technology. But the bottom line is is, is that we we have a choice who we deal with, and actually the one thing that that's made our industry great and continues to be great is that interaction with people, and I think those relationships need to be renewed. And I think that's the bit that we're all craving at the moment. So, you know, lots of personal things that, you know, we'll do as, as a family, which will be great. Although for me, actually, um, 
the last two, 12 months where I haven't travelled has, has been phenomenal, where I haven't had sort of huge amounts of after-school kids' clubs and Saturday and Sunday football and swim clubs has meant that as a family we've had huge amounts of time together. So, you know, we hope that that will continue. But I do hope that that sort of, you know, by the end of this year and into 2022, that we will start seeing some more of that interaction with with our customers, with, with our principals, with our friends. You know, the, these are people that, that choose to work with us as a service supplier. And these are relationships that are invaluable. And I think that's what everybody's craving at the moment is just to reignite those relationships. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And we, you know, we, as ITIC, we have members in in well over 100 countries and where we're used to getting out and about and seeing members and sort of understanding a bit more about what what their perhaps local issues are and yes to an extent you can do that you know over the phone and over email but it's it's not yeah it's not it's not the same as sitting down with someone over over a coffee or a beer and sort of no and i think tom what happens is, is that you miss stuff or, or you miss potential opportunities and discussions and, and not it's not sort of that people are trying to hold things back it's just by having a, a, a beer and dinner and a chat, you, you just start discussing opportunities and, 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 and issues that go on. And that leads to other conversations. And I think that's the bit that we are all missing now. Uh, and certainly when you look at some of our businesses now, like our, you know, brokers and agents and, 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 and charters, that's the key. You know, what's happening in the market? What's happening with your business? You know, how, how do you foresee the next three to six months going on so you know that's the bit i think that we're all waiting to see which i think will will happen and i think we need it to happen yeah absolutely just a couple of other things before we let you go michael i was going to ask you about high tide and obviously that's a it's an organization that itic knows knows well and has been been involved with for a few years certainly with your your youngsters should we say coming down from from the north to london and, and have, spending a bit of time in the city do you want to maybe just tell us a little bit more about about high tide Thanks, Tom. High Tide is the High Tide Foundation was established on Teesside to to raise the, the hopes and aspirations of, of, of young people. The northeast of England, unfortunately, has some of the highest levels of, of youth unemployment. And, and so really, High Tide was set up by my, my father and by David Robinson, who was the uh, former CEO of PD Ports, with a view to just sort of introducing youngsters to to the river tees and, and the job opportunities that, that sort of arise around the, the river so um high tide on the river tees is when there is the most activity so it seemed a, a suitable name for for the foundation over the last six years we, we've engaged with 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 thousands of, of young people from london legal week trips to to sending cadets on a, on a round trip to clypeda on a, on, a, on a box ship to, to to well you name it we've done it and, and some of those Children have gone on to, to, to work within our industry, lawyers, engineers, accountants, you, you name it. 2020 was, was a challenge for High Tide because, like all foundations, most of our revenue from donations and, and events dried up. However, we, we actually have a, a very strong corporate basis. And one of the biggest issues we had was we do a lot of physical programs. So whether that is taking a group of 10 children to, to Clifford Chance in Canary Wharf or taking 20 kids to Rotterdam to see Tata Steel. So we've actually started on and are actually partway through a journey with another foundation called Speakers for Schools who are delivering virtual work experience. 
So we are now with Speakers of Schools rolling out over the next three months uh, virtual work experience. So Casper Shipping and, and Tees Pilots, Tees Bay Pilots are, have a, a three-day work experience program coming up where we will basically take many and actually the beauty of a virtual program is that we're not limited to the number of participants so whereas we were always limited to how many students could fit into my boardroom or into pd port's boardroom we are now limitless so you know what we are seeing with high tide is is that we've gone virtual and digital and actually we should see a huge increase in the number of of, of young young people that we're engaging with as a foundation so it, it's been brilliant and and, it, and actually it's going to play a big, big part in our future. So, and and Etik have always been hugely supportive. So, um, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great organisation. Certainly, from what I've the limited sort of the amount what I've what I've seen and some yeah some good opportunities there as you as you say for that you you present or even high tide gives gives to these these youngsters. And finally, uh, Michael, the the ICS, which I know is another sort of organisation which you have an involvement with, and uh, I wonder how sort of what what's what's been going on with the ICS over over this last period as well. So I think the big news within the ICS is that my father is, is taking over as president of the Institute of Chartership Brokers. I, I think it's in May, but certainly later this year from uh, Jeffrey Ever, Mate Evans. So uh, as a family and as a business, we, we've been huge supporters of, of the Institute of Chartership Brokers. I, I currently think we have over 10 fellows and members within the organization. Certainly within my own family, we have three fellows and a member. So that's four family members. And, and, and the reason is professionalism, you know, shipping agency, broking, what's it, which links back to ITIC is, is, is having professional people, professional and qualified people make better decisions. And so as a company, as a family, we've always felt that, which is why we encourage all our, all our members, all our, all our employees to, to, to sit professional examinations to gain knowledge. It's, I'm not saying you, you have to do that, and I'm not saying that, that by not having those qualifications, you're, you're not a good ship broker or shipping agent. But as a family, we certainly feel that it creates opportunities. The Institute is it's a global organization and a global network. Certainly, we've got friends and friends from all over the world that, are, that, that sort of my father met when he was a, you know, a, a junior shipping agent in South Wales. And, and so, again, it's back to those relationships, Tom. It's back to sort of leveraging those relationships and, and, and that professionalism. So the, the Institute continues to, to, to play a huge part in, in our business. We, in particular in the Northeast, um, have a number of uh, former chairmen, branch chairmen, and certainly Nikki Sayer, who, who uh, is one of my directors, uh, is also heavily involved in the Northeast School of Shipping and is also a, a commissioner in terms of um, the uh, UK maritime sector. So again, you know, this is back, I suppose, Tom, to education about sort of providing education and a career so not just a job for for our, our members which is why again how we really encourage all our staff to 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 reference ITIC whether it's through through your newsletters or through the knowledge zone so again you know what we try and do is is, is use yourselves as, a, as an SME where we don't have huge legal resources or huge knowledge resources is actually to utilize the knowledge that that, that, that ITIC has available to us whether that's on switch bills of lading whether that's on crew change issues cyber issues so we often you know our, our first point of call will be through the knowledge website and i think that's that's really important because probably chances are if, if you're seeing a particular issue or a particular problem 
one of our other members has seen it as well and, and we will have some you know some advice or some some guidance to sort of help help you out of a situation so i would yes absolutely plug plug our website it's been refreshed recently a lot of hard work's gone into that so there's there's a wealth of information there gained from our sort of you know 100 odd years of insuring ship agency risks conway we had a great ex- great example about two weeks ago where we had a, a a request for crew change in the uk and it didn't look right uh, and actually our guys engaged with the principal and then actually had a look on the on, on the etic website that referred to a a potential fraudulent crew chain scam picked up the phone to to our account manager barnaby and lo and behold he confirmed that a member in Ireland had reported a similar situation a few weeks prior. So bang, closed it off, blocked the email and hopefully saved ourselves a, a whole load of trouble. Absolutely. Yeah. And then that's, that's exactly what you get because yeah, we've, we've, we've sort of got that spread. If, if one agent's got a problem, it's probably, yeah, it's affecting someone else as well. Brilliant. Well, that's been really interesting, Michael. And thank, thanks very much for, for joining us today. I'm sure everyone listening has, has, has enjoyed that. And we hope to, yeah, hope to see you for, for a beer at some point in the not too distant future. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Tom. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to Itic Insight. We hope you found this edition interesting and informative. To ensure you never miss an episode, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and wherever you get your podcasts.